0: to another very special episode of Let Me Explain You a Thing. My name is Andrew, and this is the podcast where I talk extemporaneously on a subject I know a decent amount about, usually on my drive to work. But today, I thought I would try something a little different. Um, Instead, I'm in my living room, so apologies for cat noise. And I am going to be Uh, live, playing through, and giving commentary on some of my favorite campaigns from Age of Empires 2, The Age of Kings. And if you want more commentary on Age of Kings, I did drop a couple episodes earlier this year. uh, June and July, we had uh, Age of Kings Overview Parts 1 and 2. And I think, if I recall, I was just talking about, like... The, the basic game mechanics of this RTS, and in part two I get more into the civilizations themselves and what make them unique. Um, but for this time, I'm going to go into... I'm loading it up now. I'm going to go into the uh, campaigns. Oh, it's maybe a little loud. I think that should be all right. Oh, yeah. We're back, baby. Okay, so... All right, so going into the campaigns that come preloaded with uh, the game, and I'm actually playing... Let's see, I'm in Steam. I have Age of Empires 2, the definitive edition, but I wanted to go back to relatively more back to basics um, for something a little bit... Some some more classic audio, I guess, is is kind of what I'm looking for. Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition. If you're looking to buy this game in Steam, definitely go with that one. Um, I think it costs a little bit more. It's still pretty inexpensive for a... a, I mean, I don't know if I would call this a AAA game, but relatively inexpensive. Um, It comes with so many new civilizations, and they are... They're absolutely adding new content all the time. Definitely recommend Definitive Edition. But I also, um, back in 2013, got the Age of Empires 2 2013 HD Edition. Um, What I like about this edition is it was the first one on Steam. (laughs) So it got there first. Um, There are some new civilizations added that weren't in age of empires two and um the conquerors expansion those were both on C- cd-rom released in like the late 90s into literally the year 2000 and uh, thinking about it it's kind of true like all the sci-fi authors and and tv shows thought 2000 sounds really futuristic i'm here in 2023 and it still sounds futuristic um but yeah, so uh, Age of Empires 2 HD, I would not recommend buying this. I think it's probably cheaper. Uh, I can't see that on Steam because I have both of them purchased. I think it's probably a little bit cheaper, but um, I guess if you, if you really want to taste, you could go for it. But uh, the, more, the, the game that they are more actively adding new content to is Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition. Why are they adding new content to this game? Uh, I think Age of Empires 4 is out now. Really, they've taken kind of the Civ approach to these games, and Four is like kind of a different game. They're both RTSs. It's like a similar you know, it's the same genre. But I think in at this point in time, they're they're doing something a little bit with a little bit different with each successive game, so um, Age of Empires 2, famously well-balanced. Community uh, behind it, even, you know, a quarter century later, <laughs> practically. So, you know, uh, which is absolutely just ramped up since it it hit Steam. Um, anyway... So, yeah, there's campaigns that I've never played on here uh, through the HD edition. There's the Forgotten, um, which gives us, I, I guess, some, some background on campaigns. They are, like, kind of, you know, like, sort of the point of this game is that you, it's a build and destroy you know, you build up your civilizations. You raise an army. You you know, you do RTS things. If you've ever played, if you've never played this series of games, but you have played like StarCraft or you know what that is, then it's it's that, right? You you gather resources. You build stuff. You raise an army. You attack other people. Um, that is, kind of the gist of this game, but what I really latched on to as a kid in the aughts, um, and what the community really latched on to was the fact that there's a map, like a scenario editor. You can create scenarios with kind of a, a, you know, format. Um, that's a little bit more, there's more to it than, um, just your straight kind of build and destroy scenario. A lot of them have elements of that, which I'll get into, but I guess to start with, yeah, there's official campaigns for HD. I think uh, the Definitive Edition has more... HD has uh, the original Age of Kings and the Conqueror's campaigns, as well as the Forgotten. Um, So these are kind of, you know, like with the first DLC package... Um, new campaigns they added, as well as the African kingdoms. Um, Africa had no real civilizations in the the original game. Um, We might touch on this, but the Saladin campaign in Age of Kings uh, represents um, the Egyptians with the Saracen sieve. Which I mean, Saracen, and I talk about this in my previous episode. Saracen is not really the preferred nomenclature, dude. Um, I don't, is it uncool for me to be saying that? I don't know. Um, for me to be, you know, saying Saracen, I don't know. Um, but yeah, clearly there was, you know, you had some. I mean. I don't know, without getting into this too much, like half your civilizations are European and the other half are like Middle Eastern and East Asian. Um, they definitely did some rebalancing by adding uh, uh, first um, Mesoamerican civilizations, just two of them, but still in the Conquerors, um, and then further by adding the African civilizations in the HD update. Um and then they, oh, interesting. So there's also the rise of the Rajas. Uh, I don't have the DLC for that, I guess. <laughs> um, but they added more for the Indian subcontinent um, in HD edition. I believe those are also in definitive. And definitive also added some like like the Magyars and other like kind of Eurasian sieves as well. So there's a bit more content for the world outside europe um in the contemporaneous period but what i'm going to dig into now um so age of kings you've got the william wallace learning campaign you play as uh oh hell i'm i'm in the game let me let me just you know drop in and okay so i'm gonna do the battle of sterling this is the fifth out of seventh episode Oh yeah. cavalry multitude Uh-huh. Okay, so each scenario kind of begins with a short cinematic. Um it's not really animated, it's just kind of a slideshow. It just shows you basics of what what story wise is going on at this scenario so the objectives were taken into the, the scenario it says defeat the English army and destroy their tower the only two players in this game Oh. Okay. Before we attack the English to the west, we need to build up our forces. Okay, I'm probably gathering food. Alright. Hopefully this isn't too much of me like just thinking and not and playing the game and not uh talking seems like poor podcast content but okay so so this is the learning campaign this like kind of teaches you how to play the game um, the very first scenario in this is, like, literally, how do you select a unit and move it? Um, and then there's, like, more on... Here's how you're gonna... About 12 soldiers. That's a oddly specific number. Okay, so I've explored pretty well with my scout. Basically, there's, like, a small town that I kind of have. Um, yeah, they want me to move to the feudal age, too. That's kind of annoying. Okay, well, I'm going to hurry through this. I, unfortunately, I cannot change the... See, uh, speed of the game which usually you can in single player you just make it like hey I'm, I'm gonna do um, I'm gonna make it fast <laughs> already done bud um, yeah just basic tips on like learning to play the game um, you play as the Scottish under William Wallace trying to you know, do a brave heart and, like, regain your freedom from the evil uh, Edward Longshanks Um, you know, like, pretty pretty, like basic you know storyline actually, no, don't do that So I can't really... I'm just trying to, like, spam as much food as I can quickly. Yeah, the objectives are growing. I I think they want me to build a watchtower on this stupid hill, but I don't think the English even attack you, really. Um... Yeah, I I definitely need more food, but I've got, what, like, ten villagers working on that? I remember as a child playing this for the first time, I really invested in this one campaign. I remember I explored, like, almost the whole map, and I built a, a dock, and I sent out fishing boats and stuff, and I really, you know really took the challenge seriously, I guess. Um, You don't need to. Like, I'm kind of just... I mean, I know how to play. There's no purpose for me to to be doing this at all. (laughs) Um, I think that's important to remember. Yeah, so this is kind of guiding you through, like, some basic actions that you would want to take in most games. Like, hey, you have all these resources piled up. You should probably start, like... Oh, and the forage bush is dried up. Um... Yeah, like, you have all this stuff. You probably are going to want to... Um... probably are going to want to, um, what am I saying? Uh, like, want to advance to the Feudal Age, upgrade your troops, upgrade your your other stuff. Like, that's just a normal thing that you probably want to do. Um, I don't know, I, I could probably just... I don't want to spend too much time on this one. Yeah, so they used a trigger to say, like, Hey, looks like you now have 12 military units, and... Like, that means, you know, send this text and play this sound. And the sound happens to be the recording, the voiceover that they did for the text. So what I'm going to do, I sent all my military units over to this palisade wall, just like a cheap wooden wall. Oh, they're attacking me with archers. The bastard. Yeah, I don't think I'm going (laughs) to... I don't think I'm doing so hot here. Infantry, famously bad against archers. Come on, keep on it. Knock down that wall. Okay, they did it. All right, now they're going to get slaughtered by these better troops. Okay, so what I'm going to do, I hit enter. I'm going to hit a cheat code. That goes, uh, how do you turn this on? This is a game old enough to have cheat codes. And it creates a cobra, which is a car, um, that shoots bullets. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if someone who designed this game had a, uh, a bad relationship with, uh, I don't even know. Like, what is a cobra? It's just like this, this sport car. So I'm gonna knock down the table, or tower, table. Yeah, there was only like a small number of men-at-arms and, and archers. Uh, you have to get through the wall and the archers are firing on you, so that's annoying. I have all the basic skills I need to play a random map game, wow. Okay. And now I should be declaring victory at some point. Yes? Okay, yes. Alright. That's... I mean... Yeah. So, lo- looking at the map, like, half of it is desert. They just kind of, like, made a forest border to, like, keep it... Yeah. There. There's not a lot going on with this map. It's just kind of... <sighs> like, you knock down the, the English palisade wall, you get through, and then you, you kill their soldiers... Uh, then there's like three houses and a watchtower and the watchtower uh, if you get close enough which is adjacent to it it can't fire on you that's a technology that you learn later in the game Okay, so pretty basic I'm going to tab over now to uh, the so Age of Kings you got the William Wallace learning campaign Uh, just learn how to play the game there's like kind of the rudiments of a story but it's very simple it's like The Scottish want freedom, and the English are oppressors. Not saying that wasn't the case, but, you know, it's just very smoothed over. I mean, all of these kind of are, but, you know. Uh, Then you got uh, Joan of Arc. You play as the French fighting the English. Uh, The Burgundians kind of get involved uh, as your your enemy. You got Saladin... um, you play as the Saracens fighting the European Crusaders, fighting the Franks and English, and the Teutons, and it kind of evolves as you go. Like you start by just uh, consolidating your strength as Saladin um, fighting the Egyptians first, and then you, you know, like eventually you're you're fighting like the assembled might of all the Crusaders, which is really neat. Um, this is, I mean, if you want like nuance in a in a campaign age of empires Two campaign this is where it's at uh four is genghis khan interesting story of like following the mongols on their you know route through asia eventually you like you start unifying the mongol tribes kind of you know might recognize this from saladin You, you unite the mongol tribes and then you uh defeat some smaller enemies you defeat china you, you head west, you defeat Persia, you are in Europe all of a sudden. It's nuts. And then there's Barbarossa, which is uh, an emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. Uh, you're just kind of doing Central European stuff. You know what I'm talking about. Um, okay, so I'm going to go to Joan of Arc. Uh, now, what's, what's one of my favorite... What's one of the neatest... Also, these these there's these little flags that are planted all over a map of France. There's one that says the Siege of Paris, and it's in, like, where Grenoble is, I think. It's, like, not Paris at all. Like, they just kind of scattered them around the map. Um, who, what do I want to do? Let's do... <laughs> uh, yeah, let's do Joan of Arc... Um, I'm gonna do the rising This one. Actually, never mind. Nope. Um oh boy. A perfect martyr. Okay, so this is after Joan's been captured. Oh yeah, this is an interesting one. So you fight the British. Burgundy, and Shrewsbury, which I think, I think he was a British lord. Oh, so, uh, yeah, so this scenario is not going to pass the Bechdel test. Joan is not present. She has been tried and executed as a heretic or witch or whatever already, so, in this, we're playing as the guy... We find out, oh, this is the guy who is narrating the campaign up until this point. This is episode six, out of six. Um, the guy who is... Oh. Yeah, you tell him, Sean. Okay, so this is kind of like all the... You know, the team of heroes kind of comes out to play... Um, ooh get those paladins moving okay this is a sweet little army they got me I just kind of walked first first um guy Jocelyn just uh, dis- and then he discovers like all these all these sweet like I'm being attacked. This is pretty heavy already like we're we're in it. We're in the thick of it Okay, we got Jean Bureau who's like a Shit Okay, uh, usually in these campaigns, I'm just gonna pause it usually in these campaigns you have some characters that you Can't lose turn the volume down a touch Um, you have some characters that you can't lose, and I think it's kind of explained as, like, well, you gotta, like, it's Joan of Arc. If you, you have Joan of Arc riding around and she dies in battle, like, you've, you've disrupted the timeline. Um, so, yeah, my hero in this is a trade cart, which... Ah, shoot, I lost John Bureau. So, at this point, all bets are off, like, you don't need to maintain, you know... You don't need to maintain like continuity or whatever. Okay. Oh boy. Oh boy. All right. Yeah, we we're besieging a pretty pretty scary fortress right now. Okay. Got to kill these monks. Alright, 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 alright. Good deal, good deal. Okay. Yeah, this is rough. I lost a big chunk of my army already. Um, it's gonna take a little while to rebuild. Probably not fatal. Oh man, there's so much cannon going on. Yeah, so I'm, I'm at these walls. There are some pretty highly upgraded towers firing on me. There's a good amount of cannon going on. Oh shoot. Firing on my dang trebuchet. I'll keep packing, pack up, pack up. Okay. Alright. Okay. I I think we've taken care of the bulk of their forces. Man, this is rough. I uh, had a pretty huge army, and now it's, it's just the guys that kind of hung back. Um, okay, I'm going to see if I can take my cavalry and knock down what remains of this wall. Oh, I can get inside. That's sweet. Oh, fuck, there's a castle. Oh, this is rough, man. What's nice about heroes in in Age of Kings, uh, hero units, is that they... uh, (laughs) eh, This is bad. What's nice about hero units is that they heal um, over time automatically. Not by a lot. Okay, killed their monks. The monks... Monks are tough because they can, like... um, Heal units as well, other units. They can also convert units. Which is pretty brutal. Okay, what's interesting about this little fort that I just attacked, and might stop attacking because it's, like, getting to be kind of... uh... big losses here, but what's kind of interesting about it is that Um, it's only walled in, like, on one side. And, yeah, if you want to... And that was burgundy. That wasn't even the British. So, pretty, pretty stiff opposition from the very beginning. Um shoot and now we've we've attracted the attention there's this like little British outpost with some uh long long bowmen and some knights and a couple towers yeah it's difficult to like maneuver around um yeah I think I'm just gonna okay I took care of their I took care of the burgundian trebuchet which is firing back on my trebuchet. Yeah, I mean, monks are really. Like, if you just have monks, you're not winning. But if you have monks to supplement, like, another force, then. Ay, yeah, yeah. Okay, I lost uh, Constable Richemont. I lost Guy Jocelyn. Rough. Think about trebuchets. They are very powerful. They can hit from like what's the range on this? 16. Like to put it into perspective, our hand cannoneers are hitting for like for uh, from a distance of 7. Arbalus, the the most powerful upgraded like standard archer in the game, range of 8. So trebuchets Uh, they hit from far away. Okay, so the only hero I have left at this point is Lahir, who is a powerful swordsman. Um, He hits for 22 per hit, and he's got 200 health. To compare that to your average champion... um, well, I don't have any champions to compare it to, so never mind. Um okay. Taking out the towers uh slowly. There's still <laughs> there's still 3. No, ooh. There's 6 6 more in this base here. Okay, well, I unpacked my trebuchet at a point where I can hit the castle and one of these keeps. Um, uh, it just it takes some time. I don't have, like, a lot of guys to kind of attacked by crossbowmen. Okay, I picked them off, that's fine. Um, Yeah, and so it shows this area with the bring my uh, cart with the flag of France that I gotta drop off here. So it's, I I can see flagged on the mini-map this um, I've, I've explored maybe like a third of the map at this point. It's, kind, it's not a huge map, honestly. Uh, I started at the east corner, crossed a river, hit this Burgundian, like, fort, town. No, I don't want to attack houses. What are you doing? It is funny how, like, any amount of dam, like, any type of damage over time can destroy anything. So I've got this archer that's firing on a house. It deals one damage to this house, just because it's you know we're waiting to, to clear out some advance you know um, defenses from this fort. This archer just knocked down a house um, with arrows alone, um, just because one damage uh, a second for like nine hundred ninety nine seconds. Nine ninety, I'll do it. Okay, so I don't know if there are any other Burgundians on this map. It might just be this initial fort that's very well defended, um, has strong strong walls, and you know, this I think because I'm given villagers with my initial, you know, army. I think the idea is kind of that you like clear out this fort, you you hollow it out. And then you can start taking your villagers and, you know, making these walls your own, like, start building stuff. If you're really on the ball with trebuchets, you can, like, throw your last stone that will knock down the the structure and start packing it before the stone even lands. That is some baller stuff. Okay, so I think we're... A, eh, mm, it's kind of dangerous. <laughs> I'm working on it. But yeah, I think after I take care of that, the Burgundians will be dealt with. I don't know where Shrewsbury sits, and the British are... seem to be defending this um, square where I'm, I'm supposed to drop my flag off at. This, this game, uh, the music in it, I'm glad I can kind of show it off on the podcast, <laughs> uh, I guess. Um, it's something else. Okay, cool. So you knock down the Burgundian town center and you, like, you know, I guess just take their stuff. Like, the resources, everything. Um, so that's sweet. I It's not quite safe to start fully moving into the um, the Burgundian Fort here, but I am going to build a gate where their gate used to be. Unfortunately, you can't completely take over walls in this game. It would be really nice if you could. It would make a lot of sense. Um, if you could just kind of, like, lay claim to buildings, like, that you, but it don't, it don't work like that here. Man, if I hadn't lost, like, all my cannon in that first volley, this would be over by now, but here we are. Okay, I'm going to build a town center here, roughly where there's used to be. I got a stockpile of starter resources. I'm under attack someplace. Oh, they're firing at the uh, foundation of my town center that I'm building. That's fine. I think what I'm going to start to do to... Not sure how far. Oh shoot! I'm at 38 minutes, so I think I'm gonna start like moving through some of these with cheats. Um, so I'm gonna put in Marco and Polo. Marco clears away all the the black area, the unexplored, and Polo shows you uh, clears away the fog of war, so so you can see what's going on in explored areas. Um. Okay, so the British are coming at me. Alright, so... So, I mean, for right now, I got a town center. Um, I got some basic economy going. I could build some more walls to protect myself. What is kind of concerning, though, until I knock down... Okay, I killed a monk before I could convert one of my guys. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, those bastards. They're attacking my villagers. Usually the AI doesn't do that because it's sporting, I guess. Okay. <laughs> uh, if this was a real game, I would be totally screwed because they're they're coming at me with... Shrewsbury's coming at me with Cavaliers, and, uh... Yeah, like, here, you gotta... gotta... gotta hide my guy in trouble. Okay, so yeah, here's where I would lose (laughs) if I was playing this for real. Uh, my trade card just got destroyed, so... The French flag has been captured. Um, yeah, what does this map look like, though? We got, uh, up to the north is Shrewsbury. They have a pretty formidable city defended by some cliffs. Not a lot of towers, really, just a town center, a decent little economy, and a castle. There's kind of a a river that runs north to south, and then a wide one, like a creek, really. It can be forded at certain points. And then a wide river that cuts off, like, the southernmost corner. Southern corner is where... Uh, and you can you can cross it through some shallows um, on foot, but like the southern corner is where the Burgundians are have their second base. Um, nothing really defending it here, just a small economy. So you could run through and rampage it and like kill off the Burgundian team. Always good when you can knock out a team. Um, that's just one other economy that's not coming at you. And in these scenarios, it's not like a random map game. The uh, um, the enemy teams are not, like, learning. They're not, you know, they send wave after wave of, of uh, enemy soldiers at you, but they're usually not going to start, like, taking over new areas of the map. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it on that because I just got totally blown away. Um, let's see. I'm gonna go instead to the Conquerors campaigns. We've got Attila the Hun, El Cid, uh, Montezuma, and the Battles of the Conquerors. So three conventional campaigns where you follow like uh, three episode or six episodes like Attila again unifying the the Huns uh attacking like smaller or more immediate enemies and then eventually leveling up to attack Rome itself El Cid uh El Cid is a super interesting one you uh usually you play as one specific civilization start to finish um through these campaigns like Joan of Arc you play the French or the Franks, I guess, is the Civ. The but you play them from episode one through six, and, like, the, the format of the game changes. Like, you know, Joan of Arc uh, episode one, an unlikely messiah. You are kind of doing, like, an escort mission where you've got Joan, who is not, at this stage, a good fighter, a powerful unit. She's basically, like, a, a glorified villager, and you're just trying to bring her from like this French base to a. I think to Paris? Maybe? Let's check it out. Yeah, so I've got I Sue de Metz and Sue Bertrand. And. Yeah, it's, it's so quaint. Like, when you start out, you just have, like, a few guys. Uh, your, your initial enemies are like, Oh, no, there's wolves. <laughs> like Just chipping away at these wolves here. All right. Um... Yeah, so you're, you're just on this escort mission trying to get this weak unit to a different side of the field. There's, like, broken bridges. Um, there's highwaymen. There's, you know, the Burgundians have, like, little forts where they harass you from. It's kind of small potatoes. But then you... You get to the end, and, you know, over time, like, you get to, uh, yeah, where was I? A Perfect Martyr, episode 6, where you have this giant army. You fight a giant, like, fortified city, and, you know, you're... It's, like, kind of a different different scale. Um, what do I want to do? Yeah, I was going into uh, The Conquerors. I really love the Elsid Cid campaign, because you start out playing El Cid, and... Uh, as a spaniard and then eventually like the good spanish king who you serve is assassinated by his brother his brother like uh grabs like how is it um yeah so king sancho and uh is the the king of uh This is a fun first scenario. So yeah, you the the framing of this is like you're El Cid. You kind of fight in a tournament hosted by your patron, King Sancho of Leon. Or is it Castile? Yeah. So this is kind of a neat use of triggers. You can take your, your foot soldier El Cid character over to the stable where there's a horse called Bavieca. And if you do that, you get a new unit called El Cid Compiador, which is on horse. And both of those are removed and replaced with El Cid Compiador. So it's kind of a neat, like, you know, and they change the uh, unit that has to be, has to survive from El Cid to El Cid Compiador. I don't know. It's a neat one. So you you lay waste to this little knight who is never going to stand a chance to El Cid Compuidora. You can fight him as El Cid on foot as well and win. Yeah, these voiceover lines are like so... This is like a guy trying to sound Spanish. It's like kind of cringe, but... Yeah, so, so right, King Sancho of Castile. How do I? Your army has assembled. Uh Aha. Okay, so you kind of just get, like, a a big old army of, I'm going to mark polo gun. Castile, it's, like, so, like, hilly and cliffy. There's, like, lots of castles built into the cliffs, which is really neat, very flavorful. Um, basically, you just send your army over to... I think there's a, a couple, like, pockets of Gaia units. Gaia... Yeah, Gaia in the context of Age of Kings means, like, you claim them when you... When you Enter their, or when they enter your line of sight, you like gain control of them, which is really neat. Yeah, there's like some snow up north, you're getting close to the Pyrenees. Um, yeah, so, so basically, like, King, King Alfonso, um, So, I'm just gonna see what happens if I take my guys straight up to uh, uh, Gopehera and like try to get in. I don't think it's gonna work well because they have like siege units, but maybe. They might let me in. <laughs> yep, they, they just let me in. This is the funny thing about Age of Kings. Like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Come on. Okay, I'm getting massacred, so that does not really work, I guess, but... Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Okay, I got El Cid Compiador in here. Uh, I, I don't know if I can do this as it is, but I'm on horseback, so maybe. Okay, I ran right up to King Alfonso and nothing doing, so I think... Yeah, I think you have to defeat King Alfonso's army for the King Alfonso team, which is only that king character to join you. Um, yep, rip. Uh, this is a really cool one, though. You start, you start as the Spanish. You get some units that you can build. Um, yeah, I think my favorite of these is the Exile of the Cid basically in the story you are the like one of the knights in service to king sancho of castile um initially you you take and i don't know if this is historical at all i haven't really been thinking about that in this playthrough but um you take king uh king um what's his face King Alfonso, uh, to King Sancho. Alfonso kills Sancho, takes control of Castile, so he is like the king of united Spain, basically. And he banishes El Cid. El Cid falls in with the Moors in southern Spain. And so what's really neat is your civilization, you still play as El Cid, and you have El Cid as a unit, There's some kind of... I mean, this happens a lot in these campaigns. Like, are you playing... Like, some of these campaigns, you get that character as a playable unit and they have to survive, like I mentioned earlier. And some of the campaigns, you just kind of play as them. You roleplay them a little bit. Like, Saladin, you... There is no Saladin unit, hero unit in the game. You just are him, I guess. And you control his armies as though you're him. Um, El Cid, you are controlling El Cid and El Cid's armies, so I I don't know, the flavor is a little wonky but but what's cool is you move from the Spanish tech tree to uh, the uh, Saracen tech tree so you kind of start playing as the Moors and, and I think by the end you're kind of... you're back to the Spanish. That may be a story for another time. I think I am going to stop it there, and then probably I could see uh, doing another one of these down the line. so keep your eyes peeled. Uh, But meantime, we're at a good point to stop. So, all right, well... This has been interesting recording from home. I do want to throw out a plug for Scott Suter, who recorded the intro and outro music that you're going to hear shortly. Just the outro. I'm not going to play the intro again. And, uh, yeah, you can find him on SoundCloud, Scott Suter, Instagram, Copenhagen underscore cool underscore a ranch. He he does webcomics as well. Um, So check him out. You can find us online at letmeexplainyouathing.com. And yeah, I think that does it for right now. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Appreciate your listenership. And I hope uh, you have a nice sleep tonight. Maybe that's weird to say. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. Take care, and we'll see you next time. Mm Bye-bye.